Welcome to Ocean's Church. My name is Joel. It is so exciting to be hanging out with you today. Pastor Mark wanted me to let you know he'll be back next Sunday. Uh, he was feeling a little under the weather. Whatever, whatever crud is going around right now, come on, we break it off in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad we're, we're here. And, and uh, I just want to make sure to remind all of you and remind all of us to be praying for our pastors as much as possible. Man, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Pastors Mark and Rochelle. Come on, look around the room. None of us would be here today if it wasn't for Pastors Mark and Rochelle. And we just love them so much. We're so grateful for them. Man, anything that I've learned, I've learned from them. I, I learned how to go after it in the prayer room from Pastor Rochelle. I learned how to be patient as a pastor and love people from Pastor Mark. I learned what it means to have great faith and a God vision from our pastors. So could we just thank them really quick? I know Pastor Mark's watching online right now. I love you so much. Man, we just love them. We love them. You guys, we got, we got it good. We love our pastors. Amen? Well, my name, is, my name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, normally on Sundays, a lot of you guys maybe see me walking in late during second service because my wife and I, Mel, we, we uh, pastor our San Juan campus on Sunday mornings. We're the campus pastors over there on Sundays. And then throughout the week, I have the privilege and honor, uh, we do, my wife and I, of running Oceans College. Uh, we have seen the college go from 16 students to 98. Man, and it's just been... Absolutely incredible. So I just want to say really quick, really quick plug if you're watching online or if you're here hanging out. It, maybe you're new to Oceans. Maybe you're in that 18 to 30-ish range and, and you're ready to change the world. I would, love to, I would love to talk to you. You can come pick my brain. Uh, you don't have to sign anything on the dotted line, but our doors are open always. You can come sit in a class anytime. I do want to warn you, though. You dip your toes in the water. It's hard to get out. We've had just this week, I had three applications coming this week. I'm looking around. I'm like, it's March. What are we talking about? People are trying to get in the doors in September. So Oceans College is just is ballooning. It's growing like crazy. God's doing a great work in and through our students. And it's absolutely amazing. I just love that I get to be a part of it. I really do feel like I have a, I have a dream job. I love what I get to do. I love being a part of, of God's house. Amen? Amen? Well, I have the privilege today of introducing to you our very brand new sermon series. I'm going to kick it off week one. Pastor Mark's going to be back next week. But we're going to talk about being a friend of God. Someone say friend of God. Friend of God. And today I got a story for you. I'm going to read out of the book of John about a group of people, a family that was close, that had a friendship with Jesus and their relationship with him. And I, I want to declare this today, that by the end of our message today, you're going to be leaving this place, walking closer, acting more like, and being more in love with Jesus. Someone say friend of God. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, uh, Pastor Mark always says this. He always taught me this growing up, that, hey, paper doesn't forget. And we're in the information age. We're constantly learning. We're learning stuff on purpose. We're learning stuff not on purpose sometimes, right? So I want to make sure that I'm intentional, that when I'm in environments that God is speaking to me or I'm, I'm learning something that I want to absorb, I want to write it down. My retention goes way sky high when I'm taking notes, writing things down. I'm a note taker. Uh, uh, so I would encourage you guys to take notes, whether it's paper notes, a notes app on your phone, whatever you got to do. If there's a Bible verse that stands out to you or something that God downloads to you and you have, a, you have an idea in God's house in his presence, write it down. Amen. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this title down, Out of the Tomb. Out of the Tomb. Man, I really do believe that God is going to speak to you and bring freedom today. 
Freedom's available. Healing is available today. And we are going to read about the story of Lazarus. And now here's the thing. I'm going to walk through this story with you. And I want to bring a different angle at it. I want to bring a different look at what Jesus is calling his friends out of. Because it's not just Lazarus in the story that Jesus resurrects. Jesus has uh, moments with every individual that he comes in contact with. Whether it was the blind man, the lame man, whether it was the woman with the issue of blood, prostitutes and tax collectors, Jesus is in the resurrection business. Amen? Someone say, out of the tomb. Come on, say, out of the tomb. Can I give you a secret? The louder you, you are, the warmer the tent gets, okay? Say, out of the tomb. Praise God. Here we go. All right, we're going to be uh, uh, in John chapter 11. Leading up to this verse, Jesus finds out that Lazarus is sick. And it says this, when they, they sent word to Jesus, they come to him. They use an interesting title for Lazarus. They say, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. The one you love is sick. They're pulling on the compassion of Jesus. Jesus, the one you love, your friend Lazarus is sick. And when Jesus is told that Lazarus uh, has died, when he arrives, you know the shortest verse in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. That's in relation to how he felt about Lazarus. It moved him to tears. He cared for Lazarus. He cares for this family. And I love what Jesus tells his disciples as they are walking to meet with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Jesus assures them. He says, hey, our friend Lazarus, look at that friend word again. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Come on, I believe today, some of you might have fallen asleep, but Jesus is on his way to wake you up today. Amen? We're going to jump into verse 17. Okay, it says this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how many days? Four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Watch this. Martha went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Have you ever been in a situation or circumstance where you were calling on God, you were calling on Jesus to intervene, but it seemed like he showed up too late? I want to let you know something. When Jesus arrives, it's exactly when he's supposed to. He's never late. He's never early. He says, he says this, says he would not have died, but I know now, even now that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, he's assuring her, your brother will rise Again, Martha answered. Ah, she's battling. She has some doubt here. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection. Jesus, I know that in heaven, like we're all healed. I, I know that in the resurrection he'll rise again. But Jesus, he takes authority and he says to her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Then he asks a powerful question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Jesus is asking each and every one of us a question this morning. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. Watch this now. She said, the teacher is here, and he is asking for you. Man, the teacher is here, and he is asking for you. 
let's skip ahead 10 verses to verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor. He's been there for four days. Come on, Martha, I already told you. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Does anybody want to see the glory of God today? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen. He looked like a mummy. He had cloth around his face. Jesus knows you by name. Jesus knows you could be dead. You could be far away. You could feel like you're too far gone. But Jesus is here to call you by name. Lazarus, come out. And then Jesus looked to those around him. Notice this. Jesus didn't do it himself. Jesus looked to those around him. Verse 43. And he said to them, uh, uh, take off the grave clothes. Let him go. Take off the grave clothes. Let him go. Somebody say out of the tomb. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you would open up our hearts today. You would open up our minds today. I pray you would speak to us in a real and powerful way. God, I thank you that you know us by name. You know where we come from. You know what our week has looked like. And today is a divine appointment with you, Heavenly Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We have sometimes these defining moments in our lives that change us forever. I think it's safe to say without sounding too dramatic, Lazarus coming back from the dead, pretty defining moment. That changed him forever, right? When Jesus intervenes, it changes you forever. We have lots of moments like this uh, in, our, in our lives. You know, there's certain birthdays. I feel like when you turn 18, you're like, I'm an adult now. I'm changed forever. And then when you're 28, you're like, 18-year-olds are babies. They, they don't know anything, right? And then uh, uh, you have all these different moments, like even the transition from being single to like in a relationship, being in a relationship to married. It changes uh, who you are forever. I have a... I have marriage a, a lot on my mind this weekend because on Tuesday is my wedding anniversary. Uh, Pastor Mel and I, will have been married for nine years on Tuesday. Nine years on Tuesday. And nine years ago, my, my life was uh, forever changed when I stood at the altar and I was not only saying yes to the most beautiful woman I'd ever met, but I was also saying no to everybody else. And not just no to everybody else in the moment, but no to everybody else forever. And I was changed in that moment. There's a lot of things that change when you get married. It, you're, you have a new living situation. I gain a roommate. This is fun. Uh, we, we, we share everything, right? Like uh, my stuff gets thrown away and we keep her stuff. There's a lot of things that happen when you get married. Single guys, listen, listen to me. You're not married yet. There's a, there's, it's, it's short of a miracle, something that happens when you get married, you actually begin to tap into an endless wealth of knowledge that your wife has that you didn't know she had when you were dating. You didn't know. My wife is an endless well of knowledge. I didn't know that she knew everything about everything when we were dating. I began to find this out after we got married and moved in together. In our first year of marriage, uh, um, uh, she's... Um, uh, 
<laughs> she's, she's cleaner than I am. Uh, and, you know, I thought when you're a bachelor, I'm like, I'm the cleanest bachelor in my house. Still a slob, right? So we move in, and my wife has this, this gift. Uh, it's, it's a gift. She has a gift to just see things, and I don't know if it's prophetic or whatever, but I imagine that when she was, when she was a kid and, and you'd go to, like, the fair or the carnival, and you know those jars with all the jelly beans in it? She could see that jar and know exactly how many jelly beans are in there. I'll prove it to you. Uh, in our first year of marriage, she would just walk by the kitchen, just walk by, not peruse, not investigate, just walk by, and tell me, Joel, you have left 400 dishes in the sink. And I thought, that's amazing. She knows exactly how many dishes are, that is just beautiful. I didn't know that you were an endless source of knowledge. I, I think uh, when, when you get married, or, or maybe specifically when you become a father, you turn into a tyrant with a the thermostat. That's, that's my season of life right now. I, I'm like, it's, it's, we're paying too much. Gloves are a dollar at Old Navy. Turn that thing off. But my wife, in her infinite level of knowledge, can walk into a room and tell me, Joel, it is zero degrees in here. And I'm just amazed every time. You, have the, you can walk into an environment and tell me exactly Fahrenheit what the temperature is. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's just, it's just amazing. She's not here to defend herself with these jokes. But. So, fellas, buckle up. It really is incredible. You don't know when and where she will choose to share this untapped source of knowledge with you. It keeps us on our toes. Amen? Amen. My wife is the biggest encourager in my life. And for the last nine years... Uh, there hasn't been anybody that has championed me more, that has held up my arms more, that has pushed me closer to Jesus more. And I'll, I'll say this, outside of accepting Jesus, I want to let all of you know, the person you marry is the most important decision you'll, you'll ever make. I tell my Bible college students this all the time. I said, hey, I'm not, uh, uh, you may think that Pastor Mel and I are sounding crazy when, when you're, you want to date someone, you have a crush on someone, or you guys want to get together. We are helping you filter because I know how important this decision is, how being around the right proximity to people can set you up for the rest of your life. And I think who you're next to, who you're close to, has a gigantic impact on where you go, not just with life, but with Jesus, with business, with uh, your finances, whatever, right? And what I love about this story is that this tight circle, these friends of Jesus chose to partner around each other that when things got hard, like my wife does with me, she'll always tell me, you can't complain about that. You got to pray about that. Get around people who push you to Jesus when you want to sulk by yourself. When tragedy happens in the family, they send word to Jesus. They say, go tell him that his friend Lazarus is sick. We need Jesus here right now. Jesus has the power to get you out of the tomb. Has the power to get Lazarus out of the tomb. But I believe in this story, there's not just one tomb. There's multiple. And I want to tell you about three tombs that Jesus wants to set us free from. Three tombs that Jesus wants to bring us out of. You guys ready? Number one, Jesus brings us out of the tomb of death. 
And when he brings us out of death, he brings us into life. He brought Lazarus by name out of death and into life. When Lazarus came out of the tomb, Jesus told, watch this now, his community to take his grave clothes off. Man, Jesus told the people he was closest to to step in and support him to take the grave clothes off. The grave clothes represent what we wear when we're in our dead ways. The tomb represents the places that are dead or we are trapped in our lives. So Jesus called him out of what he was trapped in. But he was still bound with his hands. He still had cloth over his face. Many of you, maybe you've been called by Jesus out of a dead place, but you haven't experienced freedom because you're not around a Jesus-centered community that can take those grave clothes off for you. Jesus calls him out of death and into life. After Lazarus was raised from the dead, his story turned many people to Jesus. Many people to Jesus. When Jesus calls us out of dead places and unwraps us, has people unwrap our grave clothes, we should be walking, living, breathing testimonies of his goodness. Lazarus impacted so many people that actually says in John chapter 12 that the religious leaders were not only planning to kill Jesus, but they were planning and plotting to kill Lazarus as well. Lazarus was converting so many people to Jesus, it became a problem for religious people. It became a problem for people who were stuck in their ways. Come on, let our lives be so bright that we are just walking billboards for the goodness of Jesus. Man, I want to cause a problem for people who are stuck in their old ways. I want to bring so many people to Jesus that it gets the attention of the people that don't even believe what I believe. Lazarus had a great call on his life. You know what's so powerful about Jesus? Is that even death cannot keep you from Jesus fulfilling the call in your life. Even being far from God cannot keep you are not too far you are not too buried you are not too wrapped for jesus to call you by name and bring you out of the tomb gets you free and set you up on your path jesus overpowers everything it's the love of jesus that keeps us within reach it's the love of jesus that helps us fulfill our calling the first tomb that he gets us out of is the tomb of death This is where he brings Lazarus out of. The second tomb, you guys ready for this? Is he brings us out of the tomb of doubt. And when he brings us out of doubt, he brings us into belief. Watch his conversations with Martha. He says to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha has an excuse for him. She says, I know, I know he'll rise again. I know, I know that you can do all things. And he says, Martha, look at me. I am resurrection. I am life. Through me, you will see the glory of God today. I would encourage you, church, enlarge your expectations today. Man, we're just, we're just getting started today. I really do believe that God is going to just exceed abundantly all of our expectations. So let's bring the faith level to a point where he can exceed it and he can go above and beyond. Enlarge your expectations today. To enlarge Martha's expectations, Jesus pointed to only himself. 
So today we are going to focus on Jesus and we will get out of the tomb of doubt. I love in the my story today what Ahead was talking about. He said, I love Jesus. I was in community and then tragedy struck and I found myself in a season of doubt. You found yourself in the tomb of doubt. But Jesus knows you by name and he can pull you out of it. I'm tired of praying weak, wimpy, just shrimpy little prayers. I think I'm tired of it because I used to live in that tomb of doubt. I think I'm so tired of it because that was my life wrapped up and bound by doubt. And I think we get too much into our head. We know God too well and we try to let him off the hook. Let me explain. When you're praying for someone for freedom and you're praying for somebody to experience healing, sometimes we talk ourselves out of it. God, if you're available, uh, if you want, if you got time uh, and the atmosphere's right and it's on a Sunday morning and that healing evangelist is in town and, and they believe the prayer that I'm praying and like there's at least three other people there and we have oil and if all, if everything lines up, if the formula's correct, God, if you're willing, will you heal them? You know what, for me, I think sometimes I was praying that prayer trying to do God a favor because I would, I would think things like, God, what if you don't come through? What do you do? Let me do you a favor, God, because if I pray the big prayer and you don't come through, this person's going to doubt you. This person's not going to believe that you're real. This person is not going to be encouraged, and I just want to be like the fluffy good encourager all the time. God is asking us to step up to the plate and just swing. Man, if I strike out, I'd rather strike out being obedient than strike out being scared. Can I let you know something? He's a big God. He can take care of himself. And if he doesn't show up in my timing, Jesus, if you were only here two days earlier, Jesus arrives right on time. And you know what I love? I do believe today is a day of healing. Today is a day that we will see signs and wonders. Why? Because God has ordained it because it is in his will. He is willing. I don't got to ask him. God is in your will today. It's his will. He said it himself. But I think, too, sometimes if, if we talk ourselves out of it, man, we're not, we're not doing God any favors. We're handcuffing our own experiences with God. I want to step up and I want to swing. I want to pray the big prayers of faith and say, God, do whatever you want to do. Because here's the thing that I've learned is that if God doesn't show up in my timing and shows up in his timing, then I can't get the glory for it. If God does it the way he wants to do it and not the way I want to do it, I can't, he can only get the glory. So we want to remind ourselves that the power of God is not just reserved for like the LeBron James of Christians, right? It's available, he says, for everybody, for everybody. Amen? The first tomb that Jesus gets us out of is death. The second tomb is doubt the third tomb that Jesus wants to call you out of today is distraction. And when he calls you out of distraction, he will call you into his presence. Mary was stuck in this tomb of routine and distraction. When Jesus showed up, Martha ran to him. Mary did not. She stayed in the house. You want to know something interesting? In Luke chapter 10, when Jesus came to their house, who was it that was sitting at his feet? Mary. Mary. 
Who was busy in her routine? Watch how it's flipped. Martha gets a revelation of Jesus. And she says, I got to get out of my routine and I got to run to the Son of God. Mary sticks with what's familiar. Man, last time I encountered Jesus, I was sitting right here in this living room. When grief struck, I'm going to formulate and sit where you helped me out last time. But she's got it backwards. It's not about a formula. It's about a proximity to Jesus. And if you're not careful, you'll allow your, your, your work ethic. Uh, uh, your, your, you could be a workaholic disguising uh, or masking what you really need to be running to. And that's simply the feet of Jesus. When tragedy strikes, you can try to do things that worked back in 2019 or back in 2008 when I had that really good encounter when Jesus simply says, I'm over here. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus wants to break you out of the tomb of distraction. We must get away from what's familiar and run to Jesus. When Martha goes back to the house, she says, Mary, the teacher's calling you. Man, today he's here. He knows you by name. Man, he knew Mary by name. He knows Martha by name. He knew Lazarus by name. The teacher is here and he is calling you. And when Mary gets this revelation of proximity, something amazing happens. She turns into someone whose life would become a life of worship. In the very next chapter, in John chapter 12, it's Mary that shows up with the expensive fragrant oil and pours it at his feet. She pours it as she uses her tears and her hair to anoint his feet. You can't get much closer to Jesus than that. She realized the only thing that I want to do is to be in proximity to the Son of God, is to be in proximity to Jesus. When you get this revelation that it's not about recreating things that have worked in the past, it's about simply, so simply running to Jesus, you will become an extravagant worshiper. She didn't care what the people around her were thinking, how Martha or anybody else would look at her. She didn't care how it looked that she was on her face wiping this man's feet with her hair. She didn't care that there were people chirping. She heard Judas saying, what a waste. What a waste of resources. Man, it's never a waste when you lavish it on the feet of Jesus. God's going to break us out of distraction today. I really do believe this, that there are two types of people. There are those who have, been ne- who have never been close in proximity to Jesus. There's those that have never been close. And I think there's another group, like Mary. You've been close. You've been in proximity. But maybe now you have found yourself dead, doubting, distracted, whatever it is. Jesus is here today to call you back. Like Jesus sent Martha into the house to get Mary, I really do believe Jesus has sent me here today to tell you, hey, the teacher's calling. He knows you by name. The teacher is asking for you. Come with me to him. Come with me to get in proximity with the teacher. I know uh, in, in my life, in my journey with with getting out of the tomb and getting in in proximity. I remember uh, uh, nine years ago, it's, it's my anniversary, so this was right before, right before our wedding, a couple weeks before our wedding, I got to a point in my life where my sin habits, the dark things that I was living in, my, 
my hypocritical lifestyle, my, my one-way Sunday, one-way Monday lifestyle was, was catching up to me. And I didn't want to bring these dark things into marriage. Uh, for for all, all of my uh, adult life up until that point, I don't have a memory of not being addicted to pornography. And I was, I was leading in church, and, and I, I was in Bible college, and I was preaching freedom, and, and it would last for a moment. I'd been called out of the tomb, but I was still bound. Living in secret. Not allowing other people in. Not allowing people to get close to help me unwrap these grave clothes. And I finally got to a point where I said, I just want to be in proximity to Jesus. I don't care. I don't care if my reputation's ruined. I don't care if I lose status. I don't. And I, I remember sitting down with my fiance, my fiance, having the hardest conversation I've ever had in my life. Just simply saying, I'm ready to be honest. I'm tied up. And I don't know how to get free. Will you help me? I don't want to bring anything into this marriage that I'm going to regret in five years. I don't want to bring anything into this marriage that my kids are going to have to battle. I don't want to bring anything into this marriage. And there's freedom available when you're vulnerable and you don't care what anybody else thinks and you run to the feet of Jesus. You begin to weep at his feet. You begin to pour out the fragrant oil. You begin to wash his feet with your hair because you don't care what anybody else is thinking. You don't care what anybody else is saying because you have a perspective of his love. Of his love. That freedom is available for you. Whatever your tomb is, Jesus is calling you out of it. And he's already called me out of it, but I feel bound. Jesus is here to say, man, Ocean's Church, gather around. Let's take those grave clothes off. You don't got to do this alone. Christianity is not a, a individual sport. It's meant to be done with community. Man, I, I, sense, I sense the presence of God in here. I sense freedom. Freedom in this place. When we give in to sin, we become slaves to it. And a slave to sin, the only thing that it can produce after that is death. And God is here to set people free. And he's the chain breaker. He's the mountain mover. He's the one that can untwist your mind. He's the one that can heal your broken heart. Romans 6.14 says, You are no longer slaves to sin, for you do not live under that tyranny any longer. For now you have found yourself under the grace of God. Now you have found yourself under the grace of God. Man, we want to run to his feet today. I know there's freedom. There's freedom from the grave clothes today. Smith Wigglesworth, he says this. He says, God intended to work out his purpose that we should loose people who are bound with grave clothes, that they should be set free by the power of God. It's only by his power. It's not by a formula. It's not, it's not by our own strength. It's only by the power. So when he speaks it, there's power. When he calls you, there's power. When he gives you a plan and a purpose, there's power power many of you feel 
that power when we sing songs. Why? Because we're just elevating glory to Him. And when we elevate Him, when we get in proximity, His power is there. Man, we don't worship what He does. We worship who He is. We don't worship the miracles. We worship the miracle worker. I don't worship provisions. I worship the provider. I really do believe, too, that God is here, not just to set you free in your mind and in your heart, but I do believe that God is here to set you free even in your body, that healing is available. Jesus, I love, I love what he speaks when he first hears about Lazarus. In John 11, verse 4, he responds to the group that brings the message. They say, hey, Lazarus, your friend is sick. He says, hey, don't worry about it. The sickness will not be unto death, but it will be for the glory of God. But then Lazarus dies. Does that make Jesus a hypocrite? No, it actually makes him more powerful. Because even if, and Jesus said this won't be unto death, but I see death. Mm -mm. Jesus is coming. The teacher is here. Like, no, 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 God, you said that we were going to get through this and we've crashed. No, 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 he's not done working yet. Come on, it makes him more powerful. It brings him more authority. That he can show up to any situation and circumstance and pull you out of it. Jesus is here to set people free from the tombs. The tomb of death. What are the areas in your life that are dead? The tomb of doubt. What are the areas that maybe you have doubted God? God, are you really that good? The areas of distraction. Man, I'm just feeding myself with everything other than his presence. God wants to eliminate distractions today and get you in proximity with him. Could you stand with me this morning or this afternoon? And we're going to worship here in a moment. There's something so powerful about worshiping your way through freedom. There's something so powerful. When Mary had the revelation, she became an extravagant worshiper an extravagant worshiper all over the tent could you close your eyes for a moment if freedom is here it's available you're watching online freedom's available for you right now you know how powerful god is you could be watching this on youtube four months from now freedom's available for you you know how powerful god is you're listening to this podcast in the year 2024 freedom's available for you right now man he's so good close your eyes all over the room all over the room I sense a hunger in here to get free. A hunger in here to say, I don't want to be the same. Here's the thing. This isn't for like just one group of people. Uh, you've been far from God for 20 years. This is your first time in church. Guess what? This is for you. But this is for the small group leaders. This is for the, the, the couple that's been married for 30 years. This is for the on-fire Christian you found Jesus six months ago. And freedom's available for everybody. Freedom is not exclusive. It's inclusive. So eyes closed all over the room. Watch this. Watch this. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, with your eyes closed, you would say, man, I want true freedom. I feel like God has called me out of the tomb, but I still feel wrapped and bound. Every eye is closed. I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not, I'm not in the, the embarrassment or shame business. I'm in the, the freedom and set free business. So with your eyes closed, you, you would say, I want 
new levels of freedom. Lift your hands. I want freedom on my mind. I want freedom in my faith. I want freedom. Come on, lift your hand. Don't be, it's like a quarter of the room right now. Come on, there's free. Yeah, more hands are popping up. There's freedom. My God, I feel it right now. Come on, lift your hands. I want freedom available. I want the freedom that's available. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Come on, eyes closed all over the room. If you want freedom, keep those hands up. Oh, his sweet presence is here. My goodness, I can sense it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you right now. Come on, keep your hands up. How much, how much do you want it? Can you keep it up for another minute? God, I thank you right now that you are dispelling freedom to everybody with their hands lifted. God, I thank you for the young man right over here in this tent that you are infiltrating his mind and his heart right now. God, I thank you that you have a call for revival. God, I thank you for the freedom that's available for this couple right here. God, that you are liberating their mind and their heart. God, that the things that they would bicker or argue about before, God, they're gonna handle in prayer. God, I thank you for the freedom that's available. Thank you, come on, lift your hands. You want freedom, 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 freedom. Come on, if you, if you, if you want true freedom, can we be bold? I wanna help take the grave clothes off. I'm gonna open up this altar right now. If you have your hands lifted, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come forward. Come on, I want you to get as, get as close, get as close as you can. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, there's, you're not gonna be alone. There's lots of you, you want freedom? Come on, grab your spouse's hand and say, will you come with me? Let's get freedom together. Come on, come right up here, please. Come right up here, please, please, please. There's a lot, guys, there's lots of people coming in. Come on, bring it up, bring it up all the way, all the way. Hey, never the same, never the same. After that, come on, bring it in, bring it in. Hey, we got some room right here in this middle pocket. You guys can you guys can bring it in right here. Bring it in right here. Yes, 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 yes. Bring it in. Amazing. Yes, spread out here if you have to. Come on, we got room all right here. Come right over here by Bruce and Ethan. Come on, bring it in, guys. Hey, give him a hand clap. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. Come on, you want freedom, lift your hands. You want freedom, lift your hands. Osha's Church, if you're still in the tent right now, listen to me very carefully. If you're still in your seats, I want you to stretch forth your hands, begin to pray for these people by name. Pray for the ones that you know. Come on, we're partnering together to take the grave clothes off. Hey, you don't gotta do this alone anymore. You don't gotta hide anymore. You don't gotta live in darkness anymore. You don't have to hold those secrets anymore. Come on, freedom is available. Freedom is here. God, we ask that the freedom of the Holy Spirit will begin to infiltrate this tent right now. God, I thank you for freedom in the mind, freedom in our hearts, God, freedom in our bodies, God, freedom from sickness and pain and lies and death. God, your freedom is here now. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Yes. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, worship, worship. Sing it out. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We receive it, Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
that's available here in your house. God, I thank you that you are unwrapping us, God. You are calling us out of the tomb. So God, we pray that this would be an era, this would be a day, this would be a year that we would never be the same. God, I thank you that you are building a story for us. That death cannot keep us from the call. Death has not kept us too far from your voice. But God, you are here and available. You know us by name. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, take your hand right now and just put it on your head. God, I pray for a new freedom in the mind. God, I thank you that we have the mind of Christ. You're watching online right now. This is so important. Put your hand on your head, right, wherever you're watching. God, I thank you that you have given us the mind of Christ, that no longer will we think how man thinks, no longer will we have low-level thinking. No longer are we allowing the thoughts and plagues of the enemy to bombard us. God, I pray for your peace. God, we cover our homes. We cover our cars. We cover our kids. We cover our workplace. We cover our relationships. God, I thank you that the thoughts that come in and the words that go out will be authored by you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Stay up here for a minute. Stay up here. Stay up here. Come on. The Lord is, is causing you to be unwrapped today. There's a community that loves you, that wants to partner with you, that wants to talk with you, that wants to pray with you. Stay up here. Stay up here. If you need a healing in your body, lift your hands. All over the tents. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. You need a healing in your body. Many people. Many people, you need a healing in your body. Well, if someone's hand is lifted next to you, just put one hand on their shoulder. Put one hand on their shoulder. Come on, healing is not limited to just one person. Healing is available when you allow the power of God to be released. So God, right now, we command healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. But with your hand on, the on, on their shoulder, say, Jesus, we release healing in the name of Jesus. Cells, come into alignment. 
body parts come into alignment mind come into alignment in the name of Jesus God I thank you that every single person in here their body is coming to alignment with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit has been aligned with the Father we thank you for healing thank you for healing now just with your own mouth just say thank you begin to thank him thank you for healing God we thank you for your healing thank you Jesus thank you Jesus come on we're, we're almost done you guys can put your hands down we're almost done could you close your eyes for a moment there's one last group I want to pray for close your eyes close your eyes Man, I believe there are many of you here that are not walking in proximity with Jesus many of you watching online you're not walking in proximity with Jesus but today he sent me to tell you, hey, the teacher's here. He's asking for you. Today, he's showing up in a mighty way to say, Lazarus, come out. He's here today to tell you, David, come out. Micah, come out. Linda, come out. Sherry, come out. He's here to call you by name. With every eye closed, please, every head bowed, I want to invite you to answer the call. Many of you have never made a decision like this before. I've never been in proximity with Jesus. There's some of you, your story's like mine. Man, I, I grew up loving Jesus, but there was a season where I ran away from him for years, did whatever I wanted to do with, whoever I wanted to do it with. And I was bound in bondage. I was wrapped up in my own lifestyle, my own ideologies. Like Mary, I was close at one time, but then slipped back into routine. If you're in here, this is why you're here today. This is why... The Father has called you, to call you by name. With every eye closed, you would say, man, that's, that's me. I want to be in proximity to Jesus. I want to accept him into my life. On the count of three, I'd ask you to lift your hands. One, come on, that's why you're here today. Two, lift your hands right now. Three, see hands all over the place. Keep them up. Keep them up. This is amazing. One, two, three, four, five, six. Thank you. Come on, keep them up. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Keep them up, please. Keep them up. Keep them up. 17. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Put your hands down. Come on. Keep your eyes closed. Hey, you didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to. Jesus is here. Martha ran out, but you stayed at home. And he's kind enough to send a second chance. Keep your eyes closed all over the room, please. Eyes closed. Man, this is a special moment. See, eight, was it 17? 18. 17? I think there's two more at least. Eyes closed, please. Well, I'm not embarrassing anybody. If you're watching online right now, I want you to write heart, H-E-A-R-T, or you can put a heart emoji in, in the chat. We have people ready to pray for you in our online chat right now. There are people every single week that are fighting Jesus on YouTube. It's crazy to me. It's amazing. Come on, there's 17 of you that lift your hands, but you didn't lift your hands if you were supposed to. Every eye is closed. I, guys, please help me out. I'm the only one looking around. I see one over here. Thank you. Thank you. There's one, two. Thank you very much. Three more. Awesome. That's 20. Come on, anybody else? You didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to. 20 people. 21. Thank you very much. Come on, can we give a big hand clap for Jesus right now?
Man, all over the room, close your eyes. Close your eyes all over the room. I want you to repeat this prayer after me all together, everybody in the tent. Say, Dear Jesus, I answer the call. I walk out of the tomb. I want to get in proximity with you. I believe that you're real and that you love me, that you have a plan for me. And I want to walk with you from here on out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give one big hand clap for Jesus. Don't, don't leave just yet. Don't leave just yet. Do you know that the scripture says that when one person makes a decision, all of heaven pauses what they're doing to worship and celebrate, to throw a party? 21 of you are making a decision that's going to change you for the rest of your life. I'm so proud of each and every one of you so proud hey the four people that raised your hand at the end just your courage and bravery man it's honorable and god is here available for you i want to speak to speak to you guys real quick 21 people plus many more in the tent you're here and you're ready to make the next step a decision to get water baptized i have a hot tub set up for you out here in the lobby i clarify hot tub because it's warm in there okay we have a change of clothes for you we have a, a team that wants to pray with you. Today, there is no better day to make a decision to publicly declare your relationship with Jesus than right now. So if you want to get water baptized, can you, Bruce, wave at me. Bruce, wave at us, wave at us crazy, okay? If you want to get water baptized, okay, any brave souls, I want to get water baptized right now. Let, bang, right there. Come on, anybody else, right here, go. Walk over here, that's amazing. Come on, anybody else, anybody else? Right here, right here, amazing. I want to get water baptized right now. Come on, come over here. Come on, let's give it up for them. Come on, more, many more people. Man, we're going to be here. Let's worship, let's worship. Hey, we're going to worship into our freedom. We're going to worship into our freedom. So lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Come on, let's sing it out. I'm free, come on. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now there ain't no chains that can hinder me. Hallelujah, I'm free. I'm free, I'm free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now there ain't no chains that can hinder me.
you're up here, I saw a picture. But you know, you have to take that step of faith. And those grave clothes I saw coming off. But as you begin to dance, as you begin to lift up your hands, sometimes you gotta do something a little different, right? And I saw those grave clothes coming off. We're going to sing this again. And as we sing, maybe you've never jumped before in church. Maybe you've never lifted up your hands. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here to break chains. He's here to break chains. So let's give God a little bit of our dance, our worship. Let's sing this again. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Who the sun, who the sun sets free, is free indeed. And there ain't no chain that can hinder me.
freedom go hand in hand. The joy of the Lord and the freedom he brings goes hand in hand. Now I want to speak to you for a second. Don't let any dumb lie of the enemy come in and tell you, no, it's over. You only experience that in the front row. You can't have that anywhere else. No, this joy and this freedom goes with you wherever you go. Man, I see some of you turning cars into places of worship. I see your best encounters with the Holy Spirit being in your bedroom as you pray. I see you encountering Him in a real way, even with your coworkers, and it just is now bubbling out of you. Man, I saw you on Friday and you look depressed. I see you Monday and you're happy. What are you taking? Because I want some of it. Come on, that's the joy that Jesus offers. That's the freedom that's available. Amen. One more time, lift up a shout of victory today.